Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Go to Acts chapter 9, verse 28. Let's pray again real quick. Let's just agree. Grab hands with someone near you and let's pray the prayer of agreement, prayer of faith. Lord God, speak to us through your word. Holy Spirit, we need you tonight. Let it be fun, engaging, relevant, and practical. Your word's already anointed and perfect. Now let it fall on good ground. We need your help. I need your help to deliver this message. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 9, 28. So we're still talking about Saul. They're calling him Saul. Remember, he had the conversion experience on the road to Damascus. Jesus, his voice came out. There was a bright light. He fell down. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. It's really hard for you to come against me, right? It's hard for you to stop my will. Oh, yes, Lord, what do I do? So he went. He was blinded. He was healed. Now he's already stepping into testifying about the Lord. So here's where we are. Saul, whose name is being changed to Paul, right? He ends up writing much if not most of the New Testament. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Someone say boldly. Boldly. What does bold mean to you? I like that. She went with gusto, with attitude. Okay, that's a synonym. That's a synonym. We're stretching it out a little bit, but I'll buy that. What does bold mean to you? Confident, assertive, authority. Gosh, I got my language people in the house. Yes. Confident, preaching the word with authority, boldly in the name of the Lord. I'm going to testify a little bit. I remember when I would share my faith in junior high and high school, and there were times where I was like, yeah, man, and I'd get quiet and I'd talk. And that's not even my personality, you know, but I was a little, I guess I was a little embarrassed. I'm just, I'm embarrassed to say so now. But I'd say, yeah, you know. You know, God's real, and I'd, I'd whisper to people. And then I had seasons, man, where I would speak the word at school, and there'd be a few people asking questions, and I'd pull out a little black Bible, and I was bold. But there's a big difference between boldness, being confident, authoritative, assertive, and being secretive, right? So if he's preaching the word boldly, they're not hiding it. Now, you're going to see as we progress in Acts, he's going to get himself in trouble for his boldness. They're, they're going to want to kill him, so that's just foreshadowing. Okay, he debated with some Greek speaking Jews. Remember, some translations say the Hellenists, but they tried to murder him. There it starts already. He's bold. Holy Spirit's upon him. They're already mad, jealous and envious. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. Where was Paul's hometown? Okay, there's a few of you. Okay, good, good. Two out of 24. That's great. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Someone say peace. What does the word peace mean to you? I like pulling out these words and dealing with them. Peace. Ease. Quiet confidence. Calm. All right. Nothing missing, nothing lacking at that moment. They had peace. They had shalom, right? The Hebrew word that means well-rounded, satisfied, and blessed. I, w I wouldn't say that. I would just say that the, the way the, it's, it's Dr., um, it's Dr. Luke, right, who wrote the book of Acts, 
And remember, he was in the mix on a lot of this stuff. So he's saying, well, after this, subsequent to this, there was peace. And remember, it's going to be temporary because they're persecuting the Christians on and off. They're attacking them for their faith, right? <laughs> right now, we have peace for our faith right now, huh? Now, in the next couple of weeks, they may be saying, hey, you know, it's not safe to go to church. COVID's coming to get you, right? The variant or whatever. Hey, my advice is, if you're going to leave your house and go to the store, you can come to church. Did y'all hear me on the live stream? Okay? If you can leave your house to go to Walmart, if you, if you leave your house to go to Walmart, or home, some people say Walmart, or go to Home Depot, or whatever, you can come to church. You'll be okay. And like I've told people before, we're not closing church. And if you need to distance yourself, go ahead. Man, sit out there, but hear the word, okay? And no, nobody has to kiss you or anything like that. I usually don't see y'all kissing at church anyway, even on the cheek. So come, please. You know, God has a word for you. Nothing like meeting in person. We have the live stream, praise God, and we love those that are joining us because they can't be here right now. But nothing like in person. I remember when... Before Jen and I were, well, because we never dated. We just courted, but we liked each other. I know I liked her. I don't know that she liked me as much as I liked her. But I had met her here in late 2002, and she went back to Texas, and I would call Jen, and you know what I'd do? I had a limit on our phone calls, 30 minutes. Jen thought that was so weird. Part of it was I was trying to get her to like me more. And part of it was I was scared to like her more. I know that sounds weird, but I was like, we got to live. And she, we'd, it would be getting good, man. We were hitting it off, and I'd go, all right. I almost said, all right, baby, but I didn't call her baby back then. I, I'd say, all right, Jen, well, I got to go. And she'd go, wait, what do you mean you got to go? I'd go, it's 30 minutes. And she'd go, what? I'd go, all right, let's talk soon. I got to go. No, no. And i go, yeah, let's talk soon. Okay, bye. But how many of you know, even though those phone conversations were good, it's much better in person, right? So stay connected. Don't ever let the enemy disconnect you. When people get disconnected, you know what they do? They start believing lies. I was talking to staff about that today, office staff in a meeting today. When people aren't connected to the other people of God, they start to believe lies. Someone say lies. Yeah, people start to believe lies. I don't know why that is. Well, one, one example would be, you know, when, when someone gets away from the main body of the army or the military, the communication lines are broken, right? It's like the gossip game. You ever played that game, telephone? You say, today is the day that the Lord has made. That's the first. And after 10 people, they're saying, my purple dragon eats green grapes. It changes everything when you're disconnected from the main body. So stay connected to your church home. Stay connected. Why is that important? Man, I've been talking about it for months. Not just tonight. I've been talking about it for months. Keep the faith. Stay connected. Why? Say, man, Pastor Matt's just being a hard nose. No. It keeps you blessed. You stay protected when you're in a group. You stay accountable when you're in a group. You stay healthy when you're in a group. You have peace when you're, you're among your people. How many of you know you're among your people tonight? You're on the same page. You're all believers in Jesus, and you're here for a reason. That's a good thing. So the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is not frady cat fear, frightened, horrific fear. 
It is respect and reverence for God, meaning people were living to please God. Someone say amen. Amen. And the next verse, with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. I don't know if that was the next verse or not. The way this is set up on screen, it was. I was a wild guess. It also grew in numbers. Meanwhile, someone say meanwhile. All right. Around the same time there, Peter traveled from place to place. Place. Who is Peter? The apostle, which is another word for messenger. <laughs> yeah, Brittany's now going, are these trick questions? Green. No, that's not the answer, right? Is that a trick question? Peter's the guy. Let me, let's do a refresher on Peter. He's the one that Jesus said, who, who are pe- people saying that I am? They say you're a prophet. They say you're, you're this and that. They say you're the Elijah and you're the return of this and that. And Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Which is always important for you and God, right? The Lord says, who do you who do you say I am? What do you believe personally? Peter said, we believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, wow. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. The Spirit of God has revealed that to you. That's powerful. And Peter thought he got a gold star, and pretty soon he told Jesus. And he rebuked Jesus and said, you cannot die. And then Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. So Peter would have some bright and shining moments, and he'd get full of himself, and then he'd get rebuked. And another time, Peter said, he's real human, right? At another time, the Lord said, "Uh uh-huh, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, I'll die for you before I deny you. And and then Jesus said, "Uh uh-huh, by the time the rooster crows three times, you will have denied me. I never will. Well, guess what he did? He had a big mouth, but man, he had a big heart. Okay? Big heart. You got to realize we're all like Peter. The ones who refuse to serve God, they're like Judas. The two types of disciples there. Judas didn't repent for his mistakes. Peter wept bitterly, and he became great in God's kingdom. So that's Peter, right? One of Jesus' three closest disciples. He traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda, or Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Wow. You ever been sick for a week or two? I remember last year, and COVID was just showing up. We weren't freaked out about that or anything, but I remember I had a cold. That's my thing is I, every year or two years, I get a cold. I feel like I'm underwater. I get a little feverish. I cough a little, but just feel cruddy. And I remember after two days, I was telling my wife, what's wrong with me, man? Is everything okay with me? Why is this happening? This was early March of 2020. I was like, This is crazy, man. That was after two or three days. This guy was bedridden for eight years. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Notice that Peter didn't take the credit. The one who had denied Jesus and repented and became powerful and great in God's kingdom, he said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. That's powerful. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to whom? To the Lord. That's powerful. Nothing like a great miracle for people to go, wow, God is real. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is, man, this is a terrible name in Greek, Dorcas. I want you to think about that for a minute. Let's go with Tabitha. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. Praise God. A living legacy, man. 
About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. This story is powerful to me. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. People got faith, don't they? She's already dead. But they'd heard some stuff. You know, people talk, don't they? They'd heard some stuff that God was healing the sick and stuff. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him up to, to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping. Look at this. Look at Tabitha's legacy. Women who were weeping, widows, they were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. Ah, Tabitha, right? Anyway. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. He d- who taught him that? Do you guys remember the story of Jairus' daughter? Jesus told everybody, hey, get out, man. We're going to pray for this kid. Sounds like Peter had a good teacher. He was hanging out with Jesus. He says, you guys go ahead and leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed, turning to the body, he said. Oh, man. Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. I would have loved to have seen that firsthand. People's eyes as big and round and wide as saucers, right? The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. Once again, people hear a miracle. That's why we talk faith. That's why I have you say good news on Wednesday, so people will believe that God still does stuff. Why? If we don't testify, you say, testify? Oh, yeah, you saying good news, that God did something for you, that's, that's part of your story. That's you testifying. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. Those are folks who work with leather, right? They tan them with chemicals and sunlight and all kinds of stuff. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer or a centurion, okay? A centurion was a commander of a hundred soldiers, right? Century, meaning a hundred. He was a captain of the Italian regiment, He was a devout, God-fearing man. He was Roman. He wasn't even Jewish, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. So this guy was a believer. He believed in the Lord already. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. Wow, what would you do if an angel stood in front of you? I remember years ago, <clears throat> I was youth pastor. It's been about 20 years ago, 21 years ago or something like that. At least 20. And man, I remember I got into a vein where I said, man, I want to see Jesus in person. So I was in here in the sanctuary. And don't, like a guy used to say, don't get too excited. I wanted to see Jesus in person. But I came here one night. I was all alone. I think it was a Friday night. Man, I was praying. I was speaking in tongues. Man, I was calling out to the Lord. I was worshiping. I said, Lord, I want to see Jesus. And man, I got so scared I left. True story. I still don't know. I'm like, man, that's weird. I probably wasn't ready to see him in person. I don't know. So you see Cornelius staring at the angel in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers? Look at this. Look at this. Anybody in here pray? You ain't got to raise your hand. Yeah. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. 
God is taking notes. He's the most superior and most supreme bookkeeper in all of the universe and all of history. And he keeps record of your prayers, your tears, your offerings, your tithes, you giving to the poor. Scripture says whoever gives to the poor lends to the Lord. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten. There are some of you in here who have given sacrificially. Valeria talked about that. But there's, there's others in here who have given sacrificially and given and given. And God just says, I got you. I got you. I got you. This angel's telling Cornelius, your prayers and your, your giving, it's been received by God as an offering. You're giving to the poor. Now send some men to Joppa. The angel's talking authoritatively with boldness. Someone say with authority. Uh-huh. The angel says, now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. Interesting that the angel didn't preach the message of the Holy Spirit, the message to the Gentiles. He only spoke to him and said, call for someone who can share their faith. That's a really interesting part of the story. He said, call for Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon, another Simon, right? A tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants. Did you notice that he didn't hesitate? That's what you call true obedience. Someone say, as soon as. Uh-huh. As soon as the angel was gone, this guy was on it. He says, oh, man. He called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, probably his top soldier. So he says, servants, soldier, let's go, man. That, that soldier was one of his personal attendants, his personal assistant, I bet. He told them what had happened, and he sent them off to Joppa. Three guys, okay, three folks. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. Flat roofs are nice to go up and pray on. They're not good for keeping rain out. Just so you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there. So you want a pitch roof when you can. Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, you ever fallen asleep hungry? <laughs> While a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He went into the spirit. So he saw a vision from the Lord. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. I remember this being one of the first pictures I ever saw in my NIV Bible my parents got for me. I have that Bible somewhere. And it was a picture of a big cloth with four corners being let down from heaven with all kinds of animals in it. Okay? A large sheet was let down by its four corners. I'm jumping ahead. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. Now to Jews, that was crazy. That sounds like God's messing around. Say, wait, all this nasty stuff? You told us in the old covenant, don't be eating all this stuff. He says, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. One translation says common and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. You can say, is, that, is he only talking about food there? Can I eat pork? Hey, that's between you and God. I had some pork sausage this morning. It was great. So make sure it's heated well to a good temperature. It was good. But God's doing, remember, Scripture is multi-layered in truth. Does everybody remember that? All truth is parallel, and God speaks, and it, there's much simplicity in God's word saying, look, this is simple, but sometimes it's not easy to take because you're looking at it going, okay, I get it, but there's multiple layers of truth. They have different layers there. The same vision was repeated three times, must be important, right? Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. 
man, he said, why would God tell me that? I'm not eating that weird stuff. What could the vision mean? But God's getting him ready to deal with Gentiles, non-Jews. He's telling him, look, the old covenant was great. And why, we've discussed this before. What was the old covenant for? To show us that we needed Jesus. The old covenant was difficult. Can you imagine? 600 and something rules at least. Not just the Ten Commandments. 600 and something regulations. You can't keep all those. You don't do this on you don't do this on the Sabbath. You don't say that you, if you sin, you got to do this kind of a sacrifice. This bird, we got to kill a goat, and then you got to send a pray, lay hands on the goat, send a goat out into the wilderness at other times. You do all these different things. So he's going, man, what is the Lord doing here? So just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house standing outside the gate. They asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, look at the power of God. Three men have come looking for you. So God deals with it from this side. He deals with it from that side. You may not understand the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning, but Scripture says Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's got it. Someone say, God's got it. God's got it. He's going to take care of you. My wife and I, when we talk about things that we're praying about or things we're believing for or we're going through something, we always remind each other God has always taken care of us, hasn't he? Because he's, he's just got it. He's got it. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Let's stop there tonight. Don't worry. So the Lord gives Peter a vision on the flat roof. He went to, took, a, t- took a nap while he was hungry. I'm sure he thought, this must be a hunger, hunger nap, a hunger trance, because I went to bed hungry, and now I'm wanting to eat lizards and reptiles and forbidden stuff. And the Lord says, kill and eat. He says, no, I don't, I, I've never eaten anything uncommon or anything common, impure, unclean. No, Lord. And the Lord said, don't call what I've made impure. So he's already giving him a lesson about Gentiles, because did you know up to this point, Jews were not even allowed to eat with non-Jews. You couldn't even go in their house. Isn't that interesting? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you invited me over to your house and I looked around and I go, if there's not someone bald living in your house, I can't enter. You would think that's almost as strange as someone inviting you to their house and you go, hey, I really want to hang with y'all, man, but y'all aren't Jewish. Y'all don't have the same faith as me. I can't hang. I can't even go in your house. But up to this point, that's how it was for the Jewish people folks and remember they had just recently accepted jesus so this this had not been long after jesus resurrection and his ascension back to heaven so they're still figuring this out this is just a few years in if that i'm not sure about the timeline right there so i'm not going to make up something but it had not been long after jesus had gone been taken up to heaven so he said get up go downstairs the holy spirit said and go with them without hesitation don't worry for I have sent them. Let me tell someone tonight, don't worry, God's got it. He keeps taking care of you. Without raising your hand, how many of you should be dead in here? Okay. I said without raising your hand, everyone's <laughs> raising their hand. I should be. You've walked away from car wrecks, accidents, man, maybe you got real sick. Who knows? Maybe as a child you almost died. A lot of people don't know this. My, my little brother... When he was a little baby, he got a fever that was so high 
that my mom thought that it was gonna it was gonna ruin his eardrums. He was a little baby and he got so sick, but he made it. And man, I remember there was a season in Jonathan's life where it looked like the enemy was trying to kill him. How many of you know the enemy can see the calling of God on your life? That's why he's tried to take you out, but he couldn't do it. He says, don't worry, because I've sent the right people. I've sent the right things at the right time, and I'm with you. God says, I'm with you. Jesus says, you know what? Never fear. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. He said, I am with you always, even to the end. So don't you forget that. Any questions tonight? Y'all know that's becoming a joke because I just asked it, and I know you're not going to ask any questions. Usually people wait till after church. Say, I didn't want to raise my hand, Pastor Matt, but I do have a question. <laughs> Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight, if you would, please. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you, Father, for your promises. I thank you, God, because you are faithful. I'm going to have everyone pray a prayer tonight with me. I know that you've accepted Jesus before, but I want you to pray this prayer. It's for those on the live stream, possibly, or someone listening to this later on SoundCloud or some other, some other way, shape, form, or fashion, YouTube, whatever. I want everybody in the house to repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I call... Upon the name of the Lord. He's the only way to be saved. So please save me. From my sin. And from hell. I thank you Father. Say I believe. That Jesus died. And rose again. So I could be saved. Thank you for your forgiveness. I can't live without you. Not in this life. Or the next. I need you now and forever. Say it again. Say, I believe in Jesus' name. Now let me just pray for everybody. Father, I thank you that this word is a word spoken at the right time, God. Not because of me, but because of your word. Your word is always spoken at the perfect time, the perfect moment. When we just pray and hear from you, God, and we just speak that word boldly, we know that it's going to fall on good ground, God, according to our faith, according to our desire. And God, we want to be close to you. So we thank you for your word. Draw us to your word, that we'd be committed in reading your word and praying every day, God. Simple, basic part of being believers. We trust you tonight and thank you. The blood of Jesus over everyone in this house and those they represent. Thank you, God, that no matter what happens in the next few weeks, we will be close to you. We'll stay connected to you and to other believers. We will love you and love other people. God, we will walk in forgiveness and love and hope, and nothing will be able to steal our joy. In Jesus' name, someone said, Amen. And amen.